0: So we've been in a series called DIY, and I start talking about DIY, and then the slide jumps, and I never knew why till just now. See, you know. So anyway, DIY is do-it-yourself. We've been talking about all of, see? We've been talking about all of these things. And so um, we've gone through prayer, we've gone through reading the Bible, we've gone through uh, fasting, we've gone through worship, all right? And we got to this section here, and there's actually going to be one more. There's going to be one more. All right, in this series, and then and then that's it. All right, but we're we're not we're finishing up a a, a section that kind of all went together. Um, teach me to go and teach me to make. All right, and this is based on the last words that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. All authority has been given to me, so go ye therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you. All right, we we learned right off the bat that... The aim of all of this, the aim of serving, the aim of missions, the aim of evangelism, and the aim of discipleship is not to win converts. It is not to see people saved. All of these things are good. It is not to grow the church. That is not the deal. The chief end is bringing glory to God. And when we set our hearts on bringing glory to God by obeying Him and doing what He commanded, and then He does the work of conversion and He does the work of disciple-making through us, then the glory is given to God. And once you get the mission down and the reason down, it is easier to go. We all miss out on some of this. We think that the Great Commission is a call to mission work, or to be a missionary, or the Baptist church especially has acted like it is a call to simply evangelize. And evangelism is awesome, but without discipleship, it is not a fulfillment of the Great Commission. It is the creation of converts and nothing else. And that is a fail. It is an epic fail, and it doesn't do anything for the kingdom. It does something for the role. It does something for the membership but nothing for the kingdom. The call is not evangelism. The call is not simply discipleship to over and over the seven of us just talk about how we can get better. No, because then there is no going. So we need discipleship and evangelism. We need evangelism and discipleship, and that is the point. And so today, we are at discipleship, all right? The, The final phase. It's not the final thing, but it's the final part of this. And in order for us to understand what that is, all right, in order to understand what that is, We have to understand what God called us to do. There are two distinct orders, all right? We have to go, and we have to make, and we have to make disciples. So in order for me to tell you what it is we've got to make, I need to tell you what it is that what we're going to make looks like, all right? Simple as that. This part's going to get heavy for all of us. I sent these slides to Preston, and he called. He said, I got all those slides in, and um, um, maybe I'm not a disciple. I mean, and that's a confession. That's a that's that's a, that's a that's honest, and it won't surprise me if all of us feel that way. All right, so let's look at some biblical ideas that are what we would describe as a disciple. Now, I define disciple as one who is following Christ, and that doesn't mean just turn to follow. All right, following continually, because you can say I followed Jesus when I was eight, but Jesus is way out there, and you're still right here, so you're not following. So. To continually be following Jesus is what it means to be a disciple. But here are some biblical descriptions of a disciple. Number one, they love God more than they love anyone or anything. <coughs> a true disciple loves God more than they love anyone or anything. You see Deuteronomy 6.14 there. All right, that's from the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other god before me. And you say, well, I don't have any other God before you. Now, I might put football before you. I might put my spouse before you. I might, you know, put my children before you. But those aren't other gods. If they are before him, they are. If they take more of your finances, more of your time, more of your money, and have more of your heart, they are your God. They are an idol. You are committing idolatry with something good, but it's still idolatry, and it is breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before you. A real disciple says, forsaking all others, I will go. Leave your mother, leave your father, leave your children. It's when God says, hey, one of your kiddos is going to the altar, and you're going to give them to me, Abraham. It's uh, Disciples, don't argue. Converts will. Mmm, I know, right? Everything. Number two. Maybe. There we go. They are willing to take up their cross daily. I I don't know that anybody out here is not willing to take up their cross on Sundays. We'll sacrifice a little bit. We'll show up for church. We'll even write a check, depending on how things are going for us. But, you know, that's fine. No. A real disciple takes up their cross daily. Mark eight thirty four. If anyone would come after me, if anyone would chase me down, if anyone would follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. All right? They understand that there are sacrifices required daily to be his. It is not something that you can do once a week. It's not something that you can do in five minutes. It is a daily routine of being his. They have turned their life over completely. Galatians 2.20, for I have been crucified with Christ. It's not just a turning over, it's a dying of yourself. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That's John chapter 12, verse 23 and a half and following. All right, and I say 23 and a half because I think right there the paragraph splits right in the middle of the verse. All right, right in the middle of a sentence, all right? So, they have turned their life over completely. Let me give you you the modern-day version of that. If you have a bumper sticker that says, God is my co-pilot, you're not there. Right? Right? If God is your co-pilot, you ain't there. If you are willing to say, God, you can have my kitchen, you can have my dining room, you can... All right, you can have the living room where the TV is, but you can't have the bedroom. What I do in there is mine. You ain't there. If he can't have your your man cave, he ain't there. If he can't have your TV, you ain't there. If there are parts of your life that you want to control, he is not Lord of your life. He is Lord of the things that you give him, and that is not discipleship. They've turned over their life completely to Christ. Getting heavy in here, isn't it? In this rough? I don't apologize. They impact the people and culture around them. Woo! Let me ask you a question. You cook a perfect steak, right? You know I love food, so let's do it like this. Most of the time, you should season your food early. There are a few foods that you don't season early because it draws the moisture out and you want them to be moist, All right. So let's just assume that you took this perfect ribeye and you laid it down on the grill. And a perfect ribeye should really only need salt and pepper. It can have other things. It wouldn't be wrong. But so let's say that you lay it down and don't season it. Lay it down, don't season it. Get it to that perfect medium, rare, maybe medium if you can't stand that. Put it on your plate. You reach over and you grab that shaker, all right? And you go like this and you put it out there and you see all kinds of stuff fall on and Then you sit it down, you cut it open, you put it in your mouth and you're like, man, that's juicy, but there's no flavor. So you grab it again and you pour it on there, and you put it down, and and there's no flavor. Would you be disappointed? Would you look at the, the shaker and go, what's wrong here? What if the salt didn't make the thing salty? Well, guys, that's what's wrong with the world. What if the Christians didn't make their neighborhood better? It's the same thing. God has thrown us out into the world to give it flavor, to give it fervor, to bring light into the darkness. If you brought a flashlight into the room, flipped it on, and it didn't change anything, that's what we look like. If your school's not different because you're in it, you're not a disciple because they're called to be the salt and the light. actually bear fruit. Without getting too rough, here it is. Jesus walked by a tree. He looked at the tree. He wondered where the fruit was on the tree. He left the tree alone, giving it a chance to bear fruit. He returned a while later. He saw the tree again. The tree was not bearing fruit. He cut it down and went on his way. Read into that whatever you want. But if you're created to bear fruit and you do not bear fruit, then you are of no value to God as a disciple. But if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not bearing, you're not connected. You are a fraud with a t-shirt. Don't, 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 go read John 15. Don't, don't, don't get on my case. I'm sorry I came today. I should have stayed home and called it COVID. You want to know the basic truth of making disciples? Now that I've described them, you know how you get there? We're getting to that part. That is true, but you're about four slides ahead of me, sister. The basic truth of being a disciple is simple. When he gives the call, he gives the command. What are we going and making? We're making disciples. And in order to make disciples, what is the requirement? Teach them to obey all I have commanded. Well, Craig, there are 66 books. There are hundreds of thousands of requirements. There is so much. And to be honest with you, it's getting harder and harder to live like that. Well, that'd be great if he didn't undercut your excuses right after that when he said, I will be with you. The God of the universe who created it all, started it all, wrote it all, and has the power to overcome it all is living inside of you. Do you want to look down there and say he can't do it? Because that's what you're doing. I didn't call you to do something I didn't equip you to do. This is not about capability because I am capable, says the Lord. Well, then what's the difference? This is this is the part that, that I was just sitting in my office and this simple thing I'm excited about this. So, Craig, how do I do it? All right, let me ask you a question. How many of you go to the gym? That's a very broad statement. How many of you go to the gym? Unless you're the hipspins and then you go to the backyard. Okay, it's fine. counts. It counts. How many of you go to the gym? All right. How many of you go to the gym regularly? Yeah. Okay. How many of you have said, I'm going to go to the gym, gone to the gym, and weren't going to the gym about a week later? Yep. How about diets? Anybody in here tried to diet? Anybody? No, let's go ahead. If you have tried to go on a diet, raise your hand and keep it up. How many of you can actually say you kept that diet for the length of time you needed to keep that diet? Very few, all right? How many of you have started a diet in your life and quit that diet within a couple weeks? I mean, if you started seven diets in your life and quit those diets within a couple of weeks. Yes, yes. And, and you know what you say? Well, I, I just I, I just didn't like the taste of quinoa. I can't stand drinking that much water. I don't like the taste of fake soy sauce. It's called aminos, by the way. It's not bad. I love chocolate. But there is one word for all of your excuses, for all of our excuses, there is one word that can tell us all why none of us have kept up. One word. Lazy. But there's another word. This was the part of my message prep that I went, nailed it. Look at the word disciple and look at the word underneath it. They're one letter apart, folks. You do not have disciple unless you have discipline. let will say it one more time. You do not have disciple unless you have discipline seven letters the same the same word in fact disciple you don't even say the e so every letter in there that you pronounce is in discipline <laughs> you don't have disciple without discipline so as soon as we are ready to take up the cross daily and say no matter what our excuses are we're going to keep going it, it, you either want to weigh 20 pounds less or you don't. You either want to fit in that next size of jeans or you don't. You have to decide, is it more important for me to fit into those jeans or is it more important for me to have chocolate cake? You, it's a decision, and you have to decide, is it more important for me to be a convert and do the things that I want or is it more important for me to be a disciple and do what he asked me to do? It's, just, it's as simple as that, and you're like, Craig, it's not that simple. Yeah, It is. It is 100% that simple. I'm disciplined enough to do what he says. Morning, noon, and night, I will seek you, or I am not. It's as simple as that. I don't need to go on if someone, one, in the room doesn't decide. But if one will decide that the discipline of being who God asked me to be, studying his word, savoring his word, getting into his word, learning his commands and teaching them are of value, then we can change the world. And here is how. Number one, you should always be either becoming a disciple or making a disciple. There should never be any in-between. There should never be any downtime. You are always either becoming a disciple or making a disciple. Now listen, you say, do I stop becoming once I start making? No, no, you cannot. You say, well, I haven't learned enough to start making disciples. Yes, you have. Who in this room can give me instructions to where the 25 cans of paint are in our building? A couple people could, could, could tell you right now how to get to a room with 25 cans of paint in it. Can all of you tell me? no. Because all of you don't know everything. How many people can give me instructions to the men's restroom that's closest to this room? Raise your hands. A lot more of you. Why? Because on this journey of life, some people know more than others. Some people are further along than others. But if you know how to get to the restroom, you you need to be telling the people who don't. Nobody's asking you to know where the paint cans are before you tell somebody how to get to the restroom. But if you want to know how to navigate someone through life, you better start doing more of life. You can't just stop here, and that's what most of us do. We get what we need and no more, and that's it. But here's the problem with that. You can't take or lead anyone farther than you have come or gone. You cannot take or lead anyone farther than you have come or gone. It's not possible. You're not taking, you're not leading. You're sending, and then they're beyond you. So you should always be becoming a disciple, or making a disciple. Most of the time, you should be both. Most of the time, you should be both because you can't take people where you have not gone. And there's one, one real truth to how to grow. Stay connected to the vine. Who is the vine? Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh. So Jesus is the Word. So how do we get into Christ? We get into the Word. Morning, noon, and night, I will seek your face. Psalm 55. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. That's a praise course from the 80s. All day, every day. Now, I had a slide in here that said every minute, every hour, every day, you should be reading. Preston said, "Mm, probably not possible. I was like, you're right. You're right. It's not. We have other things we have to do. But if we're not seeking Him always, all right? If you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then you cannot expect the rest. But if you are, the Bible teaches us what? All these things will be added. So if you say, Craig, I just need to know where to start, I'm going to tell you where to start and where to finish. Get in the Bible. I'm going to tell you where to start and where to finish. Get in the Word. Well, how do I become a disciple? Read the Word. Well, what do I do after that? Read the Word. Well, what do I do when I'm done? Read it again. Well, what do I do after that? Read it with others. Well, what do I do after that? Read it in a group. What do I do after that? Read it. There's never a time when that particular piece of instruction is going to get old, especially if you're seeking God, because I've been reading it and teaching it for 30 years and four months now. In the last year of my life, reading the Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Kahn has opened my eyes to 365 things I never knew after 30 years and some 10,000 sermons. And it was delicious. And I want to do it again. And my daughter is doing it right now. She doesn't like it. She doesn't want to be doing it. I'll tell you the truth. She's doing it. And we're talking about it. And one of them is going to reach up and grab her. Why? because we're in it. We're in it. And when she's gone and doesn't want to be in it, I want to be able to look at God and say, I walked her in it and left her to choose because I can't make her. I can't make you. But I want to stand before God and say, here's what I told them. Here's how I taught them. If you want something to remember, let me, say, let me tell you how the process of evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication happens in, in your preacher form. Here you go. First, you are called to conversion, right? The Bible says no one comes to me unless the Spirit draws them. So there is a moment where you know that you need Jesus, you ask for Jesus, and Jesus connects with you. And then, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You have been converted. That's why we call them converts. So salvation happens, and you are converted to Christ. You are now in him and in a relationship with him. That is salvation. Then you crave the Christ. You can't get enough Your soul is changed, and what feeds your soul is no longer drugs or alcohol or love or hate or the world or shame. It is Christ and Him crucified, all right? Uh, As the deer pants for the water, there's something that's happening. My soul longs for you, so you are converted, all right? And then you crave this Jesus, and after that, you are commissioned to compound. Do you know what compounding means? It's adding one on top of another. It's it's, it's it's multiplication that involves you. It's a mixing and a multiplying, all right? You add a bunch of elements in and mix them together to make a compound prescription. When you compound something, you are multiplying it. You are combining it and then making it greater, all right? That's what we're called to do, to multiply, to be fishers of men, you can't be a fisher of men if, you, if you're not a convert, okay? You can't do that. And if you don't crave Jesus and love Jesus and want to grow and eat and learn of him, drink of all that he is, you're never going to be able to compound anything. But listen to me, listen to me. If, if, and we did this in the first service, the people in this room, and let's call it 50. I don't think it's quite 50, but 50 is an easier number to do. If the 50 people in this room loved one, one, for a year, one for a year. Next year, there would be 100, right? In two years, there would be 200. If we did that in the early service with their 30, it would be 60, and then it would be 120. Anybody that would have a real issue if in two years from this moment on Thanksgiving, there were 320 people in our church, would anybody have a problem with that? Do you know what that looks like in five years? Year three is 640. Year four is 1280. Year five is 2560. Would anybody have a problem if five years from now on Thanksgiving there were 2,560 people here because everyone did one? Some of you are going, we can't fit 2,560. I'll preach five times. And it still won't work. It would take 10, but we'll figure it out. Does this not blow anybody's mind? This is just like that old thing. Would you rather have $1 million or one penny a day multiplied every day for one month? You want the penny, don't you, Damon? Why? Sure is. It's about 10800000 But you don't know that until about day 24. Come on. You don't know it till about day 24. Until you're into the mission for the mission, until you're in for bringing glory to God, if you're looking at 5,200, it doesn't matter. It won't matter. Get the one. And then get the one. And then pretty soon you don't have 10. You have 20, 20, 40, 40, 80. And before you know it, that 1 million that you let go of, that you're looking back on day four and going, 80 cents is not a lot. Two weeks later, $3.60 is nothing. But on day 25, it turns into $2 million, And you're looking back at the million-dollar idiot. Well, that's the way God's looking back on us, going, what happened for the last five years? One man, one friend, one student one guy you work with. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, 31 days will give us the next one, right? Oh, yeah, that's 30. Yeah, Rick showed me 31 after the last service. That's why I said 10 million. Sorry. One more day. Yes. One more day. 31. 30 days have September, April, June, and November. We're not taking it on. We want a 31-month. It's worth another $5 million. All the rest have 31. Let's do January. Let's do December. Next month, come on. Teach me to go. Teach me to make. If you love Jesus and you said what's the last thing you want from me before you go? Close your eyes, please. If Jesus were asked, what is the last thing that you want me to hear before you go? All of heaven has granted me the authority to tell you what I'm about to tell you. Go out from this place and make disciples of everyone who is like you and who is not like you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and cover them with their love and their compassion and their power and their community. And teach them to obey every command that I have given you. And I will always, every hour of every minute of every day be with you, give you the spirit power, and of love, and of self-discipline to do this. So go. He did not say please. He said go. Father, give us the strength to go, and the wisdom to make, and the courage to love, and the self-discipline carry on. In Jesus' name, amen.